In this episode, I talk about bands I've recently seen, including Drive-By Truckers, Margot Price, Hayes Carl, Shovels and Rope, John Moreland, James McMurty, Coheed and Cambria, and Alkaline Trio. There's a list for you. That's all we're doing this time, so I hope you like hearing me talk about stuff that I've seen, because that's, that's what we're doing. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you, lucky, lucky you, are listening to Empty Checking. It's your old Uncle Derek coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, the only place I ever seem to come to you from. I hope everybody out there is doing okay. I am talking to you in a really weird moment in my life uh, because as I'm recording this, I am wondering if I've got COVID-19 again because I, uh, I was exposed, apparently. At the end of last week, uh, someone that I was in close proximity to texted me last night as I'm recording this. I'm recording this on uh, Monday the 8th. Sorry to date the show like that, but it's true. Monday the 8th of, of uh, uh, August. I almost said October. <laughs> Maybe I do have it. Uh, the 8th of August. Uh, last night, someone texted me and just let me know that he had tested positive. I probably should have said they, but it's okay. Uh, he had tested positive. I know more than one male, so it's probably impossible for you to guess unless you know. Um, and I'm not, I'm not mad at the guy, but uh, we had, we had spent some time together and in fairly close proximity. Uh, the reason I'm not mad at the guy, we were both masked. He was showing. Absolutely no symptoms at the time that we were together. He had no reason to suspect that he had it, uh, but he has since tested positive, and that's uh, alarming. And uh, because we were in very close proximity, and uh, uh, that's a worry to me. He did the right thing. He let me know as soon as he knew, and. I wish him the best. I hope that he gets better very, very soon. He's a really good guy, and I like him a lot, and I hope he's okay. Uh, I'm also worried about myself and those around me. Uh, because at the time that I was exposed, I, you know, went a couple of days and had no idea I was exposed until after I had attended a concert event that uh, uh, I'll get into, I'll talk about more as the episode goes on. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. But I, uh, yeah, I, I, like, after I kind of realized what he had written to me, I kind of thought, oh, I'm the super spreader at this event. <laughs> like, that's, I'm, I'm the one who causes the super spreader situation. Um, although I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm kind of thinking that that isn't true, because I would have been exposed uh, a few days ago, and as of right now, I'm feeling okay. No fever, no symptoms, no, no you know, nothing that would alarm me, you know, under normal circumstances. I am going to test on Wednesday, 
And uh, because that's what the CDC recommends, that's the, that's the timeline that the, that the CDC recommends. And I'll test on Wednesday, and as of right now on Monday, I'm expecting that I'll test negative and be okay. Um, but, I mean, it's still scary, and I'm still worried about it. You know, every little, like, I, I ate lunch today, and I had spicy mustard on the sandwich that I ate. And spicy mustard always makes me sniffle a little bit. And it made me sniffle a, a little bit. And I thought, boy, I hope that's the spicy mustard. You know, it, it's that kind of thing. Um, but I'm, I'm expecting to be okay, because here's why. When we, when the two of us were together, again, he had no symptoms, but we were both masked because we knew we were in, in close proximity to each other, and we both are still concerned about the virus that is clearly still very present in our society. And uh, there's clearly a serious upsweep happening, even though numbers are underreported because now we all have home tests and those numbers don't get reported. So before anybody quotes current uh, 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 nationwide numbers to me, or even statewide numbers, don't bother, because they're low. They're, they're under, underrepresented of what's actually happening. I have had more people in my life tell me that they have COVID in the past two weeks than did over the previous past couple of years of the pandemic. Uh, we're in a major upsweep, and it's being underreported, and we've all just decided it's fine. Uh, but the guy that, that exposed me, we were both masked. He had no symptoms, no reason to think that he had it. Uh, also, just barely two weeks prior to that, actually, I guess just a little over two weeks prior to that, I had gotten my booster shot. So I think that's working in my favor. And uh, I'm I'm hoping that the booster combined with the masks combined with maybe just the grace of God is <laughs> kind of working in my favor here. Um, I've, I've recently, like, I've, I've had a run of bad luck over the past little while, and I recently said I could really use a win. And I'll be honest with you, if I test on Wednesday and I'm negative, that'll be my win. And that'll be enough, you know? I'll, I'll be content with that. Uh, cause it's scary. It's still scary. I mean, you know, I've survived COVID. I had it once and got over it and it was difficult. And I had several weeks of the brain fog that, I mean, there are times when I think, did I actually get over the brain fog or am I just used to it? You know? And that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a scary thought because maybe I'm just used to it. Some of you listening to this at home may be able to chart that better than I am, but yeah, I, I I had it before, I got through it, and I'm okay. The thing that worries me now isn't so much whether or not I'll be okay, as it is that I've learned that you can pass COVID along to your pets, and that cats seem to be a little bit more susceptible to it than dogs, depending on whose studies you read. Although, although I should say this is vastly understudied. Like, this is the kind of thing that you would think that somebody would really, really care about studying, but it seems like a lot of the information is kind of comparatively old. Like, a lot of the information I'm finding is from 2020, you know, and it's 2022 now. So I don't know exactly what current studies say, but I know what the studies that I've been able to find say, and you can apparently pass it to your pets. And my, my, my cats... Um, 
you all know this. If you listen to the show, if you know me personally, my cats are just my whole world. Jonko and Maguire. Um, there's that kind of kind of dorky thing that animal rescues do and people who have rescued animals do. And by the way, those of us who have rescued animals are heroes. We're like firemen or something. Uh, that is a call-ahead reference to a joke I haven't made yet. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, those of us who have rescued animals. We, uh, uh, we have a phrase that we say a lot and that you see on shirts and on bumper stickers and stuff. And that is, who rescued who? Did I rescue my pet or did my pet rescue me? And for years, <laughs> there goes one of them now. You might have heard that in the background. For years and years, I thought that was the dumbest fucking thing I'd ever heard. And uh, then I got these guys. And uh, look, uh, checkmates who have been with the show a while and people who have just known me for years... It's no secret that in 2019, I think I felt the worst I've ever felt in my life. I was the most depressed I've ever been. And, uh, like, not to the point, like, I, 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 I don't mean to get too heavy on you, you know, ten minutes into the episode. But, uh, I, I, in 2019, I had, I was in such a dark place that I kind of thought, oh, I, I might not make it, make it through this. You know, like, I, I would never consider suicide or anything like that, but uh, it was that thing of like, oh, this might kill me. I, I think this might kill me. I might actually die from how I feel. Not by my own hand or anything like that, but I, I think I might actually die from this. I might not make it through this. That's how I felt in 2019. And I kind of started to come out of that, but I came out of that and I felt like, all right, I, I, I made it through that. And I'm doing okay, but I'm just going to coast. I'm simply going to exist, and I'm going to coast, and I'm around, and there's fun to be had, and I'm going to have it, and there's, you know, joy to be had, and when it happens, I'll appreciate it, but I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of here. I'm just kind of existing, and that's kind of, that's sort of how I felt in 2019, and 2020, and a lot of 2021, to be honest with you, because the pandemic happened, and (laughs) there go my cats in the background. Uh, The pandemic happened, and honestly, in a lot of ways, the pandemic was one of the best things for me, because I got to isolate and figure out who I am by myself for a while, and in a lot of ways, that was a very, very good thing for me, but I, I really thought at the age of... 40. I turned 40 in 2020, and my 40th birthday was celebrated on Zoom. Like, we didn't do anything for my 40th birthday. Partially because we couldn't, but also because I just didn't want to risk it, you know? And uh, at the age of 40, I kind of thought, alright, I'm done. I'm I'm done. I'm just kind of here until I'm not. And, uh... That's not a great place to be. Um... In... 2021, I started thinking, you know, I, I'd i like to have a pet. And I think I want the pet to be a cat. I think I want a cat. And then I kind of started thinking, I, I might want 
two cats because it's nice for everybody to have a friend, you know? And and as it turned out, the group that I was working with would only adopt me two cats at a time because I didn't have any prior animals. And uh, that that kind of worked out okay because I was thinking about two cats and then it turned out that I had to get two cats. Uh, so that, that worked out okay. And I connected with my friend Kem, who uh, is the foster mom of my cats. I've mentioned her on the show before. Hi, Kem, if you listen. Um, and Kem... I don't know if Kim knew what I needed instinctively or through research or what, but she kind of pointed me toward these two guys who are running around in the background right now, my orange boy and my grayish-brown boy, uh, McGuire and John Co. She, uh, she had these guys in her foster care, and she pointed me to them, and, like, she, she wasn't high pressure. She was very low pressure, in fact. She... She knew that I wasn't really ready until I was going to say I was ready. But, like, at one point, she sent me a message that said, Hey, I don't know if you're ready, but, I mean, these guys are great. And, like, she, without saying it, she said, Look, these guys are your cats, and you you need them. Like, I don't know if she knew she was saying that, but she was saying that. Uh, I am deeply grateful to Kim in a way that I don't know that I can ever properly express to her. She's, I, I think a lot of her. Um, but yeah, she pointed me to these guys and these guys came into my life on, on Christmas Eve of 2021. I was hanging out with my family and I saw their pictures for the first time. And I just thought, oh, I mean, I, I didn't vocalize it at the time, but I just, I, they were there and they were so adorable, and I just thought, oh, I I kind of love them. I think those are my cats. And I, I didn't say it that way, but I knew it in the heart, you know? And they just kind of, like, life just started focusing on getting cats and getting those two cats. And here they are running around in my kitchen and one of them just turned off the light in the kitchen because he knows how to do it and he knows it gets him attention. Hi, John Co., sweet boy. And these guys are just my whole world. And they, they moved in here and my life changed. Once I realized I wanted those guys, my life changed. Who rescued who? These guys rescued me because I was content and I thought that for the rest of my life I was just gonna exist for however long that was. And these, and then these guys came along and then Kim came along and pointed me to these guys and before they were even here I started walking around with love in my heart. And I didn't think that could happen for me again. And it did. And these guys are here. And I love them so, so much. And they're my boys. They're my boys. 
and every day I let them know they're my boys, and every day they feel loved and appreciated and wanted, and every day they make me feel loved and appreciated and wanted. And that was life-changing. And I've got friends who have told me that they can see the change that has happened in my heart and in my life since March when these guys came into it. All that to say, I'm, I know that it's possible for a human being to pass COVID to their pets. And I don't care if I have it for me. I don't, it doesn't matter that I'll be uncomfortable for a while. I do not want to pass it to these guys. They changed my life. They made my world and my life better than I imagined that it could be for a couple of years, folks. And now I get to walk around with love in my heart. And now I get to have a reason to come home at night. And that's different, and it's cool, and I love it. And I don't want to give either of these guys COVID, you know? Because I don't, I don't really know what that does to cats. But I know you can give it to them. They test positive from time to time. I know it's a little bit more, more uh, uh, regular in cats than in dogs, apparently, from a couple of things I've read. I, I don't know, man. I just love these guys, and I don't, I don't want them to... I don't want them to have a, a, a day or a moment where they don't feel happy and comfortable. Even when they piss me off. And boy, do they piss me off sometimes. And they know it when they do. But I, I just don't want them to ever have a moment where they're uncomfortable. And especially a moment where I can't help. And especially a moment that I caused, you know? Like, even, like, since I found out that I had been exposed, I, uh, I've been careful around the cats. Like, I, I don't mind telling you, and I think most of you know, I'm the kind of guy that'll kiss his cats right on their heads and on their faces. Uh, I don't go for the lips, just to be clear. <laughs> but I do, uh, like, I'll, I'll, I'll just give them little kisses on their heads and on their cheeks. And, uh, uh, McGuire loves it, and John tolerates it. <laughs> John Co. tolerates it. Uh, but, although sometimes John Coe flat out asks me to do it, because he'll be, like, he'll be kind of hanging out on my lap, and he'll just push his head into my face, and I know he wants a kiss on the head. All day today, I haven't kissed either of my guys on their head, and I feel awful, and, like, I think that they've noticed, you know? I've been trying to pet them a little extra, like, after washing my hands, I'll pet them a little bit more, but... Yeah, I, I I don't know, man. It's kind of a bummer. I get to I get to test on Wednesday, and I hope and I expect that that test will come back negative, and I'll be okay, and I'll be able to tell everybody, hey, I'm I'm fine, and you know, the second that happens, each of these cats is getting the biggest kiss on their damn head that they've ever gotten in their little lives. Uh, <laughs> 
they're, they, they were a difference maker for me, and they continue to be. And I, I just... The thing about having a COVID scare is I don't want it to impact them. Because, look, folks, I know that... Look, I know that they're cats. I know that they're cats. I know that they're not kids. I don't have kids. I've never had kids. I probably never will have kids. I'm in my 40s. If I'm dating age appropriately, the uh, likelihood is fairly low, you know, unless we adopt. But uh, I, I, and that also seems a little unlikely. Uh, but look, I know all that. I know that these are cats. And I know that it's insulting to people who have kids, or some people anyway, who have kids, when people who have pets say, oh, my pet is like my kid. My pets are my kids. Uh, I, I know that's insulting, and I would never want to insult anybody in that way. But these guys are my kids, and I, I just want... I, I just want good for them, and I just want health and happiness for them. And right now they're playing around in my sink, and they're jostling the uh, plug for the garbage disposal, and that makes me a little nervous. Although they can't turn it on, but it makes me a little nervous that they're doing that. Uh, and uh, I, I, I don't know. I just want to go over there and pick them up and say, "Hey guys, no, <laughs> you know, get away from the garbage from the garbage disposal." And uh, I just want to kiss them on their heads and send them on their way. But I might have COVID, so they're kind of in the sink, you know, right now. And that's okay. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. Most of the people that I know who have had COVID, who also have cats, have reported back that their cats have been fine. It's uh, not terribly likely, but it is possible. And, you know, I, 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 I've just got my eye on it, man. I, 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 look, I'm not going to say that I don't care what happens to me. I do care what happens to me. But I care about what happens to me because of these guys. Because they came into my life and made me start caring about what happens to me again. So I really care about what happens to them. Hi, McGuire. Looking right in my eyes as I say this. Love you, buddy. Yeah, love you, buddy. Uh, hey, thanks for indulging me on that. Checkmates. Uh, I, I might have COVID. I probably don't. I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. I feel okay. And compared to the time that I had COVID, the point that I was exposed then to, like, now, like, I, I should feel bad by now. I should start feeling symptoms. I should have started feeling symptoms because last time, within a couple of days, I had symptoms. And I don't have anything. I'm probably okay. But there's the chance that I'm not, and until that chance is gone, I'm a little nervous. That was McGuire thumping on the floor, and he's going away. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm sure I'm gonna be fine. Even if I get it, I'll be fine. I'm vaccinated, and that's gonna save me, even if I get sick. And I hope you all know that, and I hope you've all done likewise, and I hope you're all still being a little bit careful. Because there's a massive upsweep happening right now that's underreported. Uh, I say all the stuff at the end of the show about being careful and whatnot. And whatnot. 
I say all the stuff at the end of the show about being careful and whatnot, but I, I, I'm just going to say it right now, too. Please be careful with COVID-19 still being out there. It's still a very real risk, and I'm at risk of it right now, and so are you, and you might not even know it. Um, we got to find a way to get through this that isn't just ignoring it, and... Uh, I, I don't know. Let's let's all just try to be part of the solution. All right? Thank you so much for indulging me in that. Uh, I need to move into the business part of the show, and then we'll get into the actual part of the show. We're uh, over 20 minutes in, and the show hasn't started. Uh, but hey, if you end up liking the show, <laughs> there is a companion blog that has photos and stuff like that on it over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. We are findable on all of your favorite podcast apps. You are probably listening to it on one now. We're, all, we're on all of the major players, unless any of them have recently changed their rules and did not make me aware of it. I don't really check these things. If you like me for some reason, question mark, and you want to know more about me, check out DerekBrink.com. Lots of stuff to read there. Most of it is about my music career, which leads me to say that if you like the music that you hear throughout the show, it's all available at DerekBrink.Bandcamp.com for the low, low price of absolutely free. All you do is enter zero as your purchase price. There's no limit on that, by the way. You can take absolutely everything, zero as your purchase price and you you hit buy, and you can take it, and I won't even know that you took it. I don't collect your email address. I won't know that you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. And if you want to talk to me, if you want to get in touch with me, talk about stuff on the show, talk about, well, just whatever, you can email me at db, those are my initials, db at derekbrink.com. I reply to everybody who emails in. And uh, unless you're a jerk, unless you're just an absolute jerk, I will reply to you. And sometimes, sometimes I even reply to the jerks because that can be fun. Uh, but uh, if you're if you're nice, uh, I will at least reply to you. And sometimes I even read stuff on the show. So if you would prefer that your stuff not be read on the show, please let me know that, and I will not read it on the show. But otherwise, I will assume it's fair game. I will never identify your email address or use your last name or anything like that. But uh, that's it. That's the stuff that I'm supposed to say <laughs> at the start of the show. I'm supposed to say that ideally within the first 10 minutes, but whatever. It, it still got said. Hopefully that still matters. It, it, it doesn't matter a lot to me. when I, I, do this, I do this for fun. I do this because I like doing it. I don't, you know, I'm not going to get famous off this podcast. That's fine. I just like doing it. And, and some of you seem to like listening to it. So thank you. I appreciate that. Let me know that you like it at db at derekbrink.com. I would appreciate that. I do not check the comments anywhere else. Uh, nobody ever comments on the blog. I would get notifications of that. But I've heard that people have commented on different apps and things. I, I get no notification of that. And I'm not going to track down the show on every app and read it. I uh, only read the emails at db at derekbrink.com. So do that. And uh, otherwise, look, I know the, uh, the intro to this got surprisingly heavy. I didn't really mean for it to, but uh, it did. Because, uh, I don't know, I'm thinking about COVID and what that means in my life and what that means for my life. And all of that just came out. 
sorry, I guess, but we've got, we've got some fun stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about a ton of music that I've really, really enjoyed. And, and that's going to be good. And I'm going to give you some recommendations. And maybe those are things that you'll want to buy. So hang out a little bit. We're going to play a little bit of music in between this and the next thing. But I think you'll enjoy the next thing. Even if this first part was way too weighty for you. If this first part like brought a tear to your eye. It's okay. I'm okay. Nobody has to worry, by the way. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm in a really good place. We'll, we'll talk about some, some fun music here next. Won't that be fun? I think that'll be fun. Let's have some fun together for the rest of the show. What do you say? And then we'll get a little bit serious together again at the uh, end in the outro. But in the middle, let's have some fun. Let's do that. Let's have some fun. She still had her thoughts And sometimes she'd sing to me From the 1930s charts And Grandpa used to play for me Songs on his old guitar Oh, checkmates. 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 Residents of Checking Town, you check a... Boy, let's let's not make that a thing that I say, uh, folks. Uh, folks who are listening to this, uh, contrary to what you might have gathered from the intro to this show, uh, I've had a lot of fun recently. Past couple of weeks have been a lot of fun on both weekends in particular. The work weeks have been a struggle. I'm not going to lie about that. There's <laughs> there's been. A lot to get through in the uh, in the work weeks, but the weekends I've had a really good time for the past couple of weeks, and I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the fun that I've had. I've uh, I've been to a bunch of uh, well a bunch of I've been to a few nights of live music, and live music is good for the soul. Even though I really don't think we should be doing it. Right now, uh, it's still good for the soul, uh, and I had tickets to stuff, like, I, I got tickets to stuff, in fairness, when COVID numbers looked pretty good. Uh, you know, like, it, it, it was in the, only in the triple digits, not in the quadruple, and I didn't really know anybody that was getting COVID, uh, and I got tickets to stuff. And decided to go to that stuff. I thought, uh, yeah, it's it's looking pretty good right now. It, it might look even better by the time this stuff rolls around. Not the case, as it turned out. Turns out it looks a lot worse, and I personally might have it. But whatever. I got tickets to stuff, and I went to see it. And going to see that stuff was just a whole lot of fun. And over the past of the two of the, uh, let me try that whole sentence again. Over the past couple of weekends, I have seen what? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I guess nine bands in the past two weekends, and that's that's a pretty good record. That's a pretty good average. So I wanted to talk about just who I've seen lately and what I have liked and what I think maybe you 
might like and should listen to. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna do it in somewhat autobiographically chronological order. I hope that's okay. If it's not, then I I don't know. Get your own podcast and talk about bands in whatever order you want to talk about them in. I uh, I've been to a couple of things recently. My brother Dave and I uh, last weekend, not this past weekend, but the one before that, went to the Open Highway Music Festival. It's a it was supposed to be a three day event, but it ended up being a two day event because on one of the days, one of the artists who was the headliner had to cancel because people in their immediate circle had COVID. And uh, boy, if that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. Uh, But it ended up being a two-day festival, and we got to see a bunch of bands over those two days, and it was great. And I'll be honest with you, even if the, the act that we didn't get to see doesn't get to reschedule, and we get that money back, and we never get to see that show, the two days that we saw was worth the money, was uh, worth the $150 three-day pass for the two days that actually happened. Um, Although I think that they're going to end up refunding the money on the one day that didn't happen, but whatever. Uh, The Open Highway Music Festival really did a great job this past year. They went all out. They got some really cool names. They ran a really great festival at a really great venue. And uh, Open Highway Music Fest, like Google them, Open Highway Music Fest. If you're anywhere near the St. Louis slash Missouri area, like check them out. Worth traveling for, and good names, good shows, and just good people. It, It was a really good event. I really liked it, and I can't say enough about them. I discovered a lot of really cool stuff there. I discovered music that I hadn't heard before. I fell in love with some music that I had heard before in a way that I hadn't been in love with it in a while or even before. Uh, And uh, I also uh, found a beer that I really like in Logboat Brewing Company's uh, Bobber, uh, uh, Missouri Lager. That is great. And they also have a a porter out there that I want to find and try. And also uh, fell in love with Grace Chicken and Fish, which I want to track them down and have more of their chicken in particular. I didn't have the fish, but the chicken, my God, was that good chicken. Rivals uh, Gus's chicken, to be frank. I think I've talked about Gus's on the show before. It's been a while. But Gus's chicken is one of my favorite chicken joints in St. Louis. There are other places in the country. They're a small chain, but they're in the St. Louis area, and that might be the best chicken I've ever had. Grace is right up there with them. I want to, like, I had the the food truck version, though, and sometimes that's different. I want to try the actual restaurant version, so I'm going to have to try, have to, I'm, I'm, uh, 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 let me, sorry, I'm stuttering a little. I'm going to have to track them down and uh, try them in their restaurant format. I'm I'm sure it'll still be great, but, you know, I don't want to go all in on them being one of my new favorite chicken places without trying them elsewhere first. Uh, I, I But I, I really loved it. Really loved it at the festival. Also really loved that uh, uh, that beer that I mentioned. I also found them at my local grocery store, and I, that made me happy. I'm going to have to go to, like, a proper liquor store, though, I think, to find the porter. Because porters are currently not trendy, but thank God that Logboat Brewing Company is making one. 
Uh, there are a couple out there. I really like porters, and uh, uh, when I find one, I just get excited and happy. So I, I'm very eager to try theirs because their Bobber uh, Missouri Lager is really, really good. And uh, uh, yeah, just want to throw out a shout out there to Logboat Brewing Company. They're very, very good. So is Grace Chicken and Fish. That's stuff that I found just by accident at the festival. But uh, because it was there, and I was hungry, and I was thirsty, and I wanted a beer, and I wanted some chicken, and it was there. So Dave and I ate at those places, and Dave uh, did not touch any beer. I'm happy to report to his uh, uh, fans out there, I guess, who want to know that Dave's doing better than I am. Uh, he's, he's doing fine. He didn't touch any of the beer choices, but I, uh, I imbibed a little bit and enjoyed the log boat stuff. So uh, I also had, you know, some of the Schlafly's that were, you know, just there and good old reliable Schlafly. But that's not really what I wanted to, wanted to even talk about. I wanted to talk about the music that I saw at, particularly at the, the, Open Highway Music Festival. I also want to talk about what I saw this past weekend, because this last weekend, in fact, yesterday on Sunday the 7th, I saw Coheed and Cambria and the Alkaline Trio. Actually, I think they're just called Alkaline Trio. I don't think there's a the there. I saw those two bands, and also uh, Mothica opened for them, but I don't have a lot to say about Mothica. That is not in any way meant as a slight to Mothica. I just don't have a lot to say about her. Uh, but I have a lot to say about Alkaline Trio and Coheed and Cambria as the cats plunk to the floor in the background behind me, which you may or may not have heard based on what I notice when I play these things back and edit them. Uh, yeah, I, I've got a lot of bands to talk about. Again, we're going to do this kind of chronologically as far as what I saw. At the Open Highway Music Fest, my brother and I got there... A little bit late on the first night, we must we missed the opening act, and uh, I apologize for that. Anybody who uh, really wants to hear a review of an opening act that I am unaware of, I I, I, I can't I can't help you. I hope they were good. I think they were local guys. I at the time of recording cannot remember the name of the band because I didn't see them. It's not a knock on them that I didn't see them. I just didn't see them. So, sorry, I don't know the opening act. Spoiler alert, on day two of the festival, I missed two of the bands, and I don't remember their names either. That's not a knock on anybody. I just wasn't able to be there, you know? Uh, so on the first night, missed the opening act, got there in time to see... <laughs> sorry, the cats are going nuts in the background. Uh, the first night, uh, the first of the two nights, got there in time to see the guy right before the headliner, and got to see the headliner, of course. Uh, the first act that I saw in the Open Highway Music Festival, after we kind of wandered around and looked at the merchandise and all that, the first act was a gentleman named James McMurtry. And I had seen James McMurtry's name pop up a couple of times, but I was completely unfamiliar with his work. And uh, so I didn't know what to expect. I didn't go in with really any expectations except, you know, probably a singer-songwriter. And everybody else on the bill is an Americana act, so I'm sure he's Americana. You know, that, the, that was the limit of my expectation. And then sat down and started listening to the guy. 
and then started listening to the guy. You understand the difference there? And uh, his words just started hitting me. And the way that he was arranging the songs just started hitting me. And I was going, okay, this, this guy's serious business. He knows what he's doing. He's got, he's got things to say, you know? And I, I just started to really appreciate what he was doing and really kind of go, okay, this is, this is good. I like this. This is good. How have I not heard, heard any of his stuff before? This is, this is good. You know, and I started getting really kind of, I wanted to know more and I wanted to hear more. And I, you know, after the fact, Googled him and found that he's got a whole bunch of records out there and, and, uh, he's been around for a long time. And I guess I figured that out before we even left the venue because the, the headliner, the headliner that night was drive by truckers and Patterson hood from the stage when he was, uh, doing, you know, his banter in between DBT songs said that he was honored to be sharing a stage with James McMurtry and said, look, I don't, if someone asked me how to write a, how to write a good song, I don't know what I'd say except listen to James McMurtry for 30 years or so and then try to do that. And I have since started listening to James McMurtry and Patterson Hood is right. Uh, James McMurtry writes really, really good fucking music really fucking good fucking music. I, I was just blown away by what I heard. Uh, I have been particularly listening to and absorbing his 2021 release called The Horses and the Hounds, and uh, uh, I just, I've dug deep into that one and really let that kind of start impacting me. And it feels like, how do I put this? It feels like he's a Country Lou Reed. That's how I would describe James McMurtry. He's a country Lou Reed. And that speaks to me on so many levels, I can't even explain it to you. I just fell in love with James McMurtry. I met him that weekend and then fell in love. That's what happened. Sorry if you keep hearing my cats running around. They are zoomy as hell tonight because they slept all damn day. Boys, you slept all damn day and now you're zoomy. Jonko's about to jump down onto the trash can. There it is. And uh, now he's on the floor. We're good. He, uh, he was up on top of the fridge. They're, uh, they're just racing around, chasing each other, having a good old time. Love those boys. Uh, James McMurtry. I just fell in love with what he does, man. And I'm really only absorbing the one album right now. But I there are others that I want to absorb. There was, uh, like, one of the songs that first started jumping out at me was uh, Childish Things. He played that live, and I want to find that album. And I haven't yet, but I want to find that album. It, it seems, it just seems like this guy's writing songs I was always supposed to hear, you know? I have really good luck with opening acts, and James McMurtry, probably not fair to call him an opening act because it was a festival gig, but of... You know, on a night where there were only three bands and DBT was headlining, he was the middle guy. So he kind of opened for DBT, and uh, I, 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 I just, I, I kind of fell in love with him. And maybe you will too. Give him a chance. If the words "country Lou Reed," if any of those three words says anything to you, 
Maybe give The Horses and the Hounds a listen on Spotify or some other damn music service that doesn't pay the artists the way that they should. And then, like, actually buy his music and support him. Just a really great songwriter who writes really great songs, and people need to hear that, you know? And after McMurtry and his band, who was a very good band, onto the stage came my perennial favorite drive-by truckers, who... You don't need me to say more about drive-by truckers. I have talked and talked and talked about drive-by truckers. They put on a show. They put on a great show. They put on a DBT show. I had a lot of fun at the show. They're currently touring in support of their album, or I guess behind their album, Welcome to Club 13, which is a perfectly fine album. I'll be honest with you, it's not in my favorite list in my favorites list of dbt albums but it's a perfectly fine album couple of songs on there are standout songs uh, that's what they're touring behind but that's not all that they're playing they're playing a bunch of stuff and it's a fun show and anytime patterson hood starts telling a story it's a good time and uh it was a good set it made me feel good it made me feel happy and really isn't that all that you can ask of a band that they play music that makes you happy and they played songs that made me happy. It was a good set. It was a good set from DBT. And there's there's nothing I can add to anything that I've said before about DBT. I love Drive-By Truckers. I love DBT. They're one of my favorite bands. They've shaped what I've done as a musician for the past, what, almost 20 years? My brother and I did the math real quick while we were sitting there, you know, waiting for him to come on and realized we've seen this band over 20 times. The two of us together, we've seen this band, we've seen Drive-By Truckers over 20 times. Every time that they've been in St. Louis, uh, and, and as, at least as an announced headlining act, there's, I think they, I think they came through touring with, uh, they were opening for Tom Petty and I don't think either one of us went to that, but you know, it. When they've been, when it's been at least an advertised headlining show by DBT, Dave and I have been there for for since 2004, and I'm sure we've seen these guys at least 20 times. It's probably more than that. I can't even count it, man. There's nothing I can add to anything I've said about DBT to tell you more about why I love them and to encourage you any harder to check them out. But you should check them out. Start with the Decoration Day album. That's where I came in. Decoration Day changed my life. Start with Decoration Day. And then just go from there. And it'll also get you into Jason Isbell, because he used to be in DBT. They're a great band, and they put on a great show at the Open Highway Fest. So I was very happy to see them again. Seeing them felt safe and felt like coming home and felt like just where I was supposed to be that night. And you can't ask any more from a band than that. So that was night one. Night one was already a great night. And then came night two, and in fact day two, because day two started at two o'clock, or one thirty, I think, actually. Dave, Dave and I got there late because I... Well, I mean, look, I'm, I'll be honest with you, and I think Dave knows this. I was a little bit reluctant to leave my cats at home for so long without me because these little guys love me, and I want to be around for them, and I want them to know that they're safe and that I'm I'm dependable, and 
I was a little bit upset that I'd have to push their dinner back and whatnot, so I wanted to, spe I wanted to spend as much time with them as I could. Uh, and also, just, like, starting a, a festival at, like, 1.30 just seemed like way too much of a commitment to me. So I was like, what if... How many of the first bands do you want to see, <laughs> you know? And, and like, I hate to be like that, but we kind of ended up skipping two bands. Actually, when we got in there, I think the second act was still playing and we kind of heard them. But uh, we, I, I wanted to be there for the four bands that closed out the event, and we, we got there for them. And I was very, very happy that we did. I had a lot of fun watching the four acts that we saw. And they were four great, great acts. The first of which was a guy called John Moreland, who I have talked about on the show before. Uh, he's actually got a new album out right now, which uh, I am hastily looking through a pile of CDs next to me trying to find. Sorry about that. I should have been more prepared for this. Okay, his new album that came out, I think just in the last month, is called uh, Birds in the Ceiling. Uh, but John Moreland is a guy who... If you listen to his albums, you get a little bit of a different experience than if you see him live. Because if you see him live, very often it's just him with a guitar, and he's just playing these beautifully sweet, sad songs. Or beautifully sad, sweet songs, one of the two. And he's just playing them and singing them and just breaking hearts and just leaving you, like, in a pile of goo. And, like, that's, that's just what he does live. That's most of what his shows are. But on his albums, there's full band arrangements, and like sometimes he uses drum loops and stuff, and it's very, very different. I like both versions of him, but I prefer the version that you get live. And he was the first act that we saw when we got there on day two. And I, I was so happy to be seeing him live, because I, I just fell in love with his, his stuff. And I, I did some Googling to figure it out. In 2016... He appeared on uh, The Colbert Show, and he played a song called uh, Break My Heart Sweetly. And uh, it was just, just, just one of those moments where I don't always pay a lot of attention to talk shows. Like, I'll have a talk show on in the background, and when the musical guest comes on, I'm kind of like, all right, musical guest, whatever. So I wasn't paying a lot of attention that night. I was doing stuff. I don't remember exactly what I was doing. I think I was probably cleaning the house or something like that. Something actually active. Because I, I remember I was walking around and physically doing stuff. And then John Moreland starts playing that song. And he's just playing this song. And it's, it's just one of those songs. You know? It's one of those songs that you were always supposed to hear. And I started hearing it. And whatever the hell I was doing, I stopped doing, and I sat down, and I just started watching and listening. And I became a fan in 2016, and I'm still a fan in 2022, and I finally got to see the guy. In fact, checkmates, I got to meet the guy. Because he was standing around just kind of at the side of the stage before the show, and I, I recognized him. He's, he's got a fairly identifiable look, and I recognized him, and... He was talking to a photographer that I think was maybe even one of his photographers because I saw the guy throughout the set and he was singing along with the songs and he knew the songs. And But he was talking to this photographer and I just decided, I, I want to go say hi to John Moreland. 
and I, I don't have that impulse a lot. A lot of times I'll see a famous person and I'll just kind of think, ah, they don't want to be bothered, you know. But I saw John Moreland and I just thought, I want to tell that guy that his music means something to me, you know, because he's not the biggest name in the world. I mean, you know, he's a lot of you listening to this probably said who, you know, he was on Colbert, really? I don't remember that, you know. But, like, I remember it, certainly, and his his songs have broken my heart a number of times, and I just saw him standing there, just standing there, you know, talking to somebody, and nobody was crowding around or anything like that, and I, I just felt like he needed somebody crowding around him, you know? So I, I got up, and I walked over, and I apologized to the photographer, like, the words out of my mouth were, first I turned to the photographer and said, hey, I'm sorry to interrupt. And he said, no, no, go ahead, that's that's fine. I said, thank you very much, and I turned to John Moreland, and I said, hey, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for being here. I just wanted to tell you, I saw you on Colbert, however many years ago that was, and whatever I was doing at the time, I stopped doing it, and I sat down and just started watching and listening, and have been a fan ever since, and I'm so excited to see you today. And he was very gracious and very polite and said thank you and all of that. And, you know, he was he was exactly how you want somebody to be in that situation. God bless him for it because he didn't have to be. Uh, but he was it was it was just kind of nice to meet him. And I didn't ask for an autograph or a selfie or anything like that. I, I don't like doing that to people, but I just wanted to say, Hey man, thanks for what you do and I got the chance to do that and it, it seemed he seemed receptive to that and that was nice and he then went on to play a wonderful set. He did not play Break My Heart Sweetly, but he, he played a wonderful set, and a lot of the songs I knew and recognized because I'm a fan, and it just... I, I was just so glad to see him. He plays these sad, sweet little songs that just just melt your heart, and I was just so glad to be in the audience for that. And that was my introduction to day two of the festival. What an introduction. Just made me so happy that he was there. He didn't have any merch with him. I'd have taken home something, but he didn't have any merch with him. And uh, God bless him for that, because I certainly spent a lot on the merch that was there. Uh, I got me a DBT hat, I got me a couple of shirts, and I got me another hat, and we'll we'll maybe talk about that in a little bit. And a, and a new CD. I spent way too much. <laughs> I spent way too much at that show. So, uh, uh, but John Moreland didn't have any merch. God bless him for that. But he, uh, <laughs> he put on a wonderful set, and I'm very glad to have gotten to talk to him for a minute. After that, there was a brief pause, as tends to happen. And, uh, my brother and I went out to the merch area and watched the merch guy set up because everybody kind of got there late. It was one of those shows. Festival gigs are like that sometimes, like the, the, the merch guy and even the bands that were performing got there a little bit late. But uh, we went out to the merch place and watched the merch guy set up and then bought merch for the next act that was going to be on stage. I got a t-shirt and I got a hat, and because I owed my brother a t-shirt from a different thing, I bought him a t-shirt from the same guy. Uh, and uh, we were then treated to the music of Hayes Carl. That's H-A-Y-E-S-C-A-R-L-L. Hayes has uh, really started making a name for himself here in the past several years, and it couldn't happen to a better guy and a better musician. Uh, Hayes Carl 
writes good old-fashioned country stuff, but with the modern twist in a way that it's not pop country. That's not what I mean by modern twist. He just he he is very much writing in the now, but it it has that Americana country feel to it. And he's been a favorite act of mine for a while. Uh, I had only seen him once before with Dave. Uh, we saw him open for I believe old ninety sevens several years ago. I think he only had two albums out at the time, and uh, we saw him open for them. And I just fall I just fell in love with him them then. I think Dave did too, and uh, I've been picking up his albums and following along very closely ever since. He put out an album in twenty twenty one that I don't think I even talked about on the pod on the podcast, and. I've revisited it after seeing him play live this past week, and uh, or weekend, I guess, and I can't believe I didn't make a much bigger deal about it. Like, it should have been in my top ten. Maybe it should have been in my top five. He put out an album called You Get It All that in 2021 that was... It's just fantastic. It's a great album. It's got really funny moments, and it's got really sad, like heartwarming and, and tear-jerking moments. My brother described it as uh, he made me laugh in one song and then cry in the next song. And that's what Hayes Carl is able to do. And he did it in spades on the You Get It All record. And he played live at the uh, Open Highway Fest, and it was a great set. It was a great set. It was full of songs that I knew and a couple that I sort of didn't as well. And and uh, he also told some really great stories. He was really funny and charming and just just one of those guys where, like, I was just so glad to see him, and I was just so glad that he was he, he was that good, you know. And he was he was really really good, you know. And uh, like the first time I saw him, like I say, I think he had two albums out, and nobody knew who he was. And then I get I get to see him again this year, and he's got a bunch more albums out, and everybody loves him, and that was just so cool. I was like, oh, I got to, I, I kind of got to grow up with Hayes Carl in that way, you know? And he just put on such a good show, and it was so fun. And his songs were so good, and the stories he told between were so good. Because I love stage banter. I'm a big fan of stage banter, especially when it's good, entertaining stage banter. And Hayes Carl knows how to do it. I described him to, I described him to my brother, like, while he was talking, and it's like, I feel like I'm watching a, 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 a hillbilly Mitch Hedberg, you know? And that's, that's kind of how I felt. No offense to Hayes if he doesn't like the term hillbilly. Uh, that's just a turn of phrase. It doesn't really describe him all that well. But uh, it, it just, he, he's just so funny and so fun, and his songs are so fucking good. Pick up You Get It All. Pick up Hayes Carl, You Get It All. Great album. There are other great Hayes Carl albums out there. Uh, the Trouble in Mind? No Trouble in Mind? Is it No Trouble in Mind or Trouble in Mind? That's something I should know before I start talking about it on the show. Let me, uh, let me pull it up on the old uh, pull it up on the old phone here. Uh, he would be under H for Hayes, uh, and then it's uh, Trouble in Mind. I don't know why I couldn't remember that just now had a little bit to drink while I'm talking to you. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Hayes Carl's Trouble in Mind is probably, that's another really good album, but You Get It All might be some of his finest work, and you should check that out. I'm very sorry I didn't make a bigger deal of that last year. I think maybe I just needed to live with it for a little while. 
But Hayes, Hayes Carl put on a fantastic show, and it just made me fall in love with him all over again, and he just seems like one of those guys that every time you see him, you're just going to love him. So I was very happy to see him play and very happy to see him again and just enjoy his stuff, and that was, that was a great time. Uh, after Hayes was a band called Shovels and Rope, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, uh, I, I didn't pay much attention to Shovels and Rope, heard a few songs, and then Dave and I went to get dinner out in the sort of food area. And uh, that's not meant as a knock on them. I would like to see them again, maybe in a couple of years when they've got more stuff that they're doing. And uh, But it's a two-piece band. It, I think they're married. I think it's a husband and wife, if I've, if I've understood correctly. But uh, if it's not, it's a man and a woman. And they take turns between one of them will play guitar and the other play uh, drums and organ. Like play drums with feet and one hand and organ with the other hand. It's actually pretty impressive. And the other person's playing guitar and, and they're both singing. And uh, like I say, pretty impressive. But I just, uh, we both needed food and neither of us was super familiar with them or super into what they were doing, so we went to get food. Uh, I think they're one of those bands that in a couple of years, they will have a song that is everywhere, and I'll be saying, yeah, I saw them before they were known by everybody. You know, <laughs> and by saw them, I mean I went out to the uh, concession area and we got some uh, Sugar Fire barbecue. Uh <laughs> No offense to Shovels and Rope. Uh, they're, they're not... I, I don't want anyone to walk away from hearing this thinking that they were bad. I just didn't see a lot of them. You know, like I saw a couple of songs and then went and got food. So I don't have a lot to say there. God bless them for being there. They were between Hayes Carl and Margot Price, and I wasn't going to miss Hayes, and I wasn't going to miss Margot, so I ended up missing Shovels and Rope. That's That's kind of where we are. After Shovels and Rope came the super charming, super wonderful, super moving, super magnetic Margot Price. If you haven't heard Margot Price, then you haven't been paying attention to country music for about the last five to ten years. Uh, she has three full release albums out there and a couple of live things and some EPs and that kind of thing, but three full play albums. Although I think you really also need her Ryman appearance to get a sense of her. Uh, she is just fantastic. Uh, her voice reminds me a lot of Dolly Parton. My brother pointed out that there's a lot of Tammy in there, too. Uh, but she she has a very charming voice. She has She writes songs that are just brilliant. They're politically active. They're socially active. Uh, she's a little bit more into pot than she probably needs to be, but uh, most people seem to be now. Uh, I, I, and that's not even really a criticism. She's just like super on board with marijuana, and I know that about her. But that's like not the part that I dial into because I don't particularly care for it. Uh, which, again, no one take that as a diss on marijuana or people who like it. I'm just not into it. And sometimes when people are super into it, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't get that, but fine. Uh, and <laughs> she she's super into it. Uh, in fact, at the end of her set, as she was kind of 
you know, getting ready to walk off stage, she went into the wings and somebody just lit up a joint for her and you could see it fire up and she she was just smoking a joint at the end of the night and like, all right, that's your thing. I'm not going to... I'm I'm not mad about it, but like it's just not my thing. Uh, but uh, you know, so there, there's that. But there's also her saying really vital things about women and about social justice and about issues that really, really need to be talked about. But like mixed in with all these love songs and all these somebody did somebody wrong songs and and all these songs about struggling to figure out what what it means to be an American these days. And she writes really beautiful stuff with just a little bit of an edge to it, you know? But she sings it like a modern-day Dolly or a modern-day Tammy, you know? And that's that's really a gift. And she's so good. She's so good. She's so good. Check out Margot Price, man. She's so good. And watching that show, she just, she was a little bit more rock-based in concert than I thought she would be, which is in no way a complaint, but it just sort of surprised me. But she was still just so good. I loved it. I loved it. And I fell in love with her, and I bought one of her shirts, and I bought one of her CDs that I didn't have, and I've been on a Margot Price kick ever since. And I've tweeted about her a couple of times. The day that I was seeing her, I said, I tweeted something like, uh, seeing Margot Price tonight for the first time. She's great. She reminds me of Dolly. And Margot Price found that and pressed like on it and warmed my heart. And then, like, this past week, I tweeted that I was uh, still ticking on Margot Price, but I was about to see Coheed and Cambria, so that was going to be a shift. And uh, she found that. And liked it. So I seem to have a pretty good Twitter rapport with Margot Price. <laughs> God bless her. Uh, and uh, she really writes beautiful stuff. And I, I, I hope nobody, especially if she somehow ever hears this, I hope nobody takes offense to the fact that I just don't particularly imbibe. I don't, uh, I'm not a big uh, pot guy. Uh, that's not a knock on her. That, and that's Honestly, not even the majority of what she does, but like some of her merch has pot references on it, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't get that, and I don't want to wear it. Uh, but you know, all right, cool. You know, I hope I hope what people are hearing is all right, cool. You know, not for me, but good, good on you. You know, I hope that's what you're hearing, is the good on you. You know, <laughs> uh, because that's not even the majority of what she does as a performer. I probably shouldn't even be mentioning it, but it is something that you run into if you're researching her. And uh, just good to make you aware of that. But even if you are outright opposed to marijuana and to that kind of thing, uh, you're still going to find a lot to love in what Margot Price does, because she does such beautiful work and does it all so wonderfully and with such a good and right heart that you've just got to hear her, man. You've got to hear her to believe her. You won't be able to believe that you're hearing her in 2022. You'd think that she was from 1968 or something like that. Her, her stuff is that good and her voice is that good. You'd think that she had been around forever. She has three albums. 
I assumed she had 20. I assumed she'd, she was, she's so good, I assumed that her discography was as thick as a phone book. It's three albums, three full-length release, full length LPs, and a couple of live things, a couple EPs. But three LPs, man. And she's that good. She's so good. We're so lucky to be walking the earth at the same time as a Margot Price. And I got to see her in concert, and she's interacted with me on Twitter. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've also got great cats that I love. It's a great time to be a fan of whatever. But you know what, folks? It doesn't end there. That's where that story ends. That's where that festival ends. I went home at the end of that night. Margot Price finished, let up her joint, threw out some roses to the crowd. And she went home, and I went home, and Dave went home. And then I slept for about a week. <laughs> and I worked for about a week. And then the next week, the next weekend, I got to see more bands. And I got to have more fun. And it was a lot of fun. And it was a complete tonal shift from the Americana Rama that I experienced the weekend before. Because this time I got to see three acts. Opening act, Mothica. Middle act, Alkaline Trio. And the headliner, Coheed and Cambria. That was this past weekend. In fact, it was yesterday as I'm talking to you. The first act was Mothica. I didn't know anything about her. I don't have a lot to say about her. That's not a knock on her. I just don't have a lot to say about her because she wasn't what I was there for. She was the opening act. She, uh, I didn't, I didn't hate what she did. I, I didn't uh, feel uh, obligated to research her further. But for what, for an opening act, completely pleasant. She has uh, some uh, a a life story that is gripping and moving, and I'm very glad that she is so willing to tell it. Uh, I. It's entirely possible that she's one of those artists that in a couple of years I'll go, oh, yeah, I, I, why was I not into this at the time that I saw her, you know? Uh, but what she did was uh, fine. It was not uh, uh, the thing that I was there for, you know? She, and, she, and she seemed very aware of that. I want to credit her as being very aware of that because she, uh, again, her name is Mothica, so the word moth is in there, like the, the bug moth. And uh, she referenced that at, 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 like very early on in her set. And she said, hey, do you guys like moths? And you know, a couple of people like, applauded, or most of us went, what? what? Yeah, and she said, yeah, you guys are probably more, like, more into dragonflies, right? Which is a reference to some art that Coheed and Cambria has done. So she, she kind of knew what role she was playing that night and I respect her for that. I really do. I I expect I respect her, her for that and I admire that she knew that and played to that. And she she did her set, she did a perfectly fine job. She just wasn't what I was there for. You know, so Mothica, God bless you. Uh maybe I'll catch you down the road somewhere and we'll we'll, you know, uh, we'll have a, a different experience. But you were the opening act on that night, you know? So, uh, the middle act I was a little bit more familiar with, an Alkaline Trio. Not super familiar with Alkaline Trio, couple of songs. Uh, everything I've heard, I've liked. And that includes uh, the set that they did. Everything that they did, I've liked. 
I turned to my friend Brandon, who was at the show. We went to the show together. I turned to him and said, they're kind of like a punk rock police. They're kind of like the police if the police had been a punk band. And that's uh, that's a, an apt description, I think, of Alkaline Trio. Uh, again, not super familiar. I like what I've heard, and I really liked what I heard that night. I applauded. I did the standing ovation thing at the end of the set. Really enjoyed their show. Really enjoyed their interaction with each other on stage and all of that stuff. I'm going to dive deeper. I'm going to pick up a couple Alkaline Trio records. I really dug what I heard, and I'm going to... I'm. Folks, I'm going to dive deeper. They made a fan that night. I'm going to get into this band. Maybe not this month, because it's been a little bit tight, but I'm going to get into this band, and that not that always just the best? When you go to something and you know what you're there for and you end up liking something else too? That's always great. But Alkaline Trio did a great set, really enjoyed it, and uh, walked away happy. But then, then... Out came Coheed and Cambria, the reason we were all there. If you're not familiar with Coheed and Cambria, the crib notes are, are that they're kind of a progressive metal band, and the albums that they release, with the exception of one album that is not quite within this same framework, the albums that they release are telling stories. They're all concept albums. The whole thing that they do is one big concept centering around what's known as the Armory Wars. And it's telling the story of this fictional sci-fi war and all these different related aspects of it, and all of the albums kind of fold into that, and the albums are self-contained stories that branch out into bigger stories relating between multiple albums, and, like, the whole thing is this gigantic fucking concept piece written by this genius, idiot, asshole Claudio, who is the singer and guitarist, and it's brilliant, and it's complicated, and it's weird, and it's very sci-fi, and I don't know what most of it is about, and I don't understand most of the plot, and that doesn't even matter, because it's just great music, and Claudio et al. does a great job of writing songs that I'm sure serve very specific purposes within the stories that are being told, but that work absolutely wonderfully independent of those stories and tug at your heart and tug at your emotions and get your blood pumping, even though you don't know the, the greater story. The songs work on their own. And that's a gift. I don't know how they pull that off. Uh, there are comic books out there that tell some of the stories that they are telling in the albums as well. And I have not read those comic books. There are three volumes. They're about 40 bucks each. I will dive into that someday, but I have not as of yet. You, you do get the sense, if you're not super familiar with the story, you do get the sense that you look at their art and you look at what they're doing and you think, this is all so clear to Claudio. Like, he knows exactly what he's talking about. None of us do. We just like the music, you know? <laughs> but that's that's kind of the that's kind of the cliff notes on uh, uh, Coheed and Cambria. I think I said Kreb notes before, but let's go with cliff notes. That's kind of the cliff notes on Coheed and Cambria. Sci-fi progressive metal act. 
that's that's the long and short of it. All of the albums, except for one, kind of relate to each other, and they're all part of a bigger framework of stories. And, like, that in and of itself attracts me as a listener. I really got into them probably about ten years ago. I had a couple of their albums. I had, like, a best-of thing, like an introduction to Coheed and Cambria uh, that's around here somewhere still. And, like, a couple of their albums that you were supposed to have. Like, I had the newest ones and uh, uh, Good Apollo, uh, I'm Burning Star 4. Uh, I missed some words in there, I think. Uh, but, yeah, I, I had that. And I had a couple. I, I had like the best of, and just just a couple of the ones you're supposed to have. That's the bullet point. And they were coming into town, and my friend Brandon, who I'd seen them with last night, uh, ten years ago, was looking for someone to go to Coheed with him. And I said, Yeah, I'll I'll go to that. You know, I I got a couple of their albums. I like that band, and went to that show, and that show was so good that. I just dove in deep, and it was like, all right, I'm going to Vintage Vinyl this weekend, and I'm buying the rest of the discography, and just getting, like, this is the thing I do now. I, I like Coheed and Cambria now. That is what I do. And <laughs> and so I got all of the all of the albums, and I bought the new albums as they've come out, and uh, I've talked about the new albums on the show. I've talked about the last two albums in the Vaxis series, which is what they're doing right now. They're doing a... Uh, apparently a five-album series that's based around the word Vaxis, the name, I guess, Vaxis, and they're on album two of that five-album cycle. And uh, that's what they're touring behind, and they came to St. Louis, and they played a bunch of stuff off that album, and they played stuff off other albums, and uh, it was just incredible. Just incredible. Just a great show. Just a great, loud metalish rock show of very technical, very interesting music and lyrics that pull at your heart even if you don't know what they're about and just a very moving experience and very different from how I saw them 10 years ago because I went to saw them I went to see them I went to saw them I went to see them 10 years ago and it was in a venue that it was at the it was at the pageant here in St. Louis, a venue that holds roughly a thousand people, and it wasn't full. You know, like I don't even think the balcony was open at that night at the pageant ten years ago. And flash forward ten years later, and we're seeing them at St. Louis Music Park that holds forty five hundred people, and it's almost completely sold out. And they're playing that, and it's a much bigger show, and it's a much more much more uh, immersive show. That's the word I was looking for. And it was just so cool to see the difference and to see, like, wow, good for them, you know, and good for us as fans. Like, we we made that happen for these guys, and we keep introducing our friends to them. And it was great, and it was so high energy. And they played just all the songs I wanted to hear off the new one, and the stuff that they had to play, you know. And I'm, I think I'm ready to say this. I reviewed Vaxus 2, uh, colon, whatever the rest of the album title is. That's my one critique of Coheed, is they really need to have shorter and more memorable album titles. Uh, this one is uh, Vaxus 2, colon, 
your mother made ham salad for dinner again. I wish she wouldn't do that so often. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. It's Vaxis 2. That's how I'm going to think of it. There are other words that follow it. Uh, but the songs, song for song, such a powerful, such a good, such a moving album. I had great things to say about Heavenly Creatures a few uh, years ago. You can find that in the archives on emptychecking.blogspot.com. I loved that album. I got it on vinyl, and I said it's three sides. Uh, it's uh, Actually, it's three LPs. And I think with every flip of the album, I don't think I sat down at all just waiting for that side to end so I could flip it over to the next side because I just needed to hear the next side every with every flip of the album. Like, that's how much I loved that. And Vaxxas 2, uh, which, you know what? Let me do them the... Let me do them the... Uh, 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 Dignity of saying the album name. Vaxus to A Window of the Waking World. That's what it is. A Window of the Waking World. Vaxus to a, a Window of the Waking World. Even better. Even better. Uh, such a good album. You know what, Coheed fans? I'm about to commit a mortal sin against our fandom. We all know that Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4 is their best album. The first one, Volume 1. We all know that that's their best album. We all love that album. That is the Bible of Coheed albums. We all know this. My favorite album is Vaxxas 2. My favorite Coheed album is the one that came out this year. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. If you're at all interested in Coheed, if you just like heavy music that's a little bit complicated. If you're an Iron Maiden fan and you haven't dipped into COVID yet, listen to the new one. Listen to Vaxxas 2, A Window, the, a window to the Waking World. Listen to that. Uh, a Window of the Waking World. Uh, sorry, A Window of the, of the Waking Mind. Sorry, have I been saying that wrong? Sorry. Uh, titles are too complicated, but the music, fucking amazing. And that's my new favorite Coheed album. Good Apollo, second place. Second place, because the new one is that good. That good. The Look, I, I love the old songs. I love Welcome Home. I, you know, whatever. I And I wanted to sing along with those songs. The songs that I really wanted to sing along with the other night were the songs off the new album. That's what I wanted to hear, and that's what I got. It's just phenomenal. And the tour they're doing right now is just phenomenal. Go to it and buy the album. Or buy the album and then go to it. That's probably the better way to do it. I loved, loved, loved that show. And we're in a time where it's dangerous to go to shows because of the virus that's still out there that we're all just ignoring. But worth it. Hate to say that. Really, believe me, hate to say that. Worth it. I'd do it again. For that show, on that album, I'd do it again. Great album, the new Coheed album. I reviewed it about a month ago here on the show, but 
Here we are a month later, and it's my new favorite Coheed album. That's just where we are. So that was a lot of bands, and it was all over the place. <laughs> you got a little punk in there, you got a little metal in there, you got a lot of Americana in there and some country. I've been blessed with seeing a bunch of bands here lately. I've had a lot of fun. And folks, you gotta have fun. And I'm glad I got to. And I'm glad I got to share it with you. Maybe there's some stuff in there that you would enjoy if you gave it a chance too. I would love to hear more from you at db at derekbrink.com. Tell me if any of this is your cup of tea. Or if you want suggestions maybe on some of these bands. I mentioned them, but I didn't go too in-depth. If you want suggestions on what album to start with, hit me up. I'll let you know. I would love to talk about this more with you, and with you individually or with you as a group. I would love to do that more, because uh, this is fun for me, and I hope it's fun for you too. And uh, thank you so much for listening to me here on what's apparently going to be a very long episode. Uh, that's uh, that's all the stuff I've listened to here lately, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I've had a lot of fun here lately, and I hope you've had some fun here in the last little bit listening to me describe it as... One of my cats tries to open the treat cupboard. John Co. Then you offered to help me out with that. You treated me wrong when you strung me along. Then you put the blame on me when it all went bad. I can still remember the hallway. Where I told you how I felt And when I walked out it since it's felt like All right, thank you, Checkmates. I really appreciate your time. I, uh, I've had a lot of fun talking to you here. I, I, I really have. I've had a lot of fun talking to you about the last, uh, last couple of weekends that I've had. Uh, if you've missed a couple of uploads in between, I've done some stuff that's just me talking to my cell phone and then uploading it, and uh, I, I kind of like doing that too. I like the kind of run-and-gun episodes. Uh, but, you know, that, that those of you who don't follow the show anywhere on, like, a podcast app, you might be missing that stuff, so maybe start following it on a podcast app. Uh, Spotify, I, I don't know if I hit, like, Pandora. I don't know if Pandora does uh, podcasts. I don't know if Pandora's still around. Uh, I don't know if I hit that, but, like, I hit Spotify, I hit Apple Podcasts, I think, uh, and, you know, others. You can for sure find me on Podbean. Uh, not all of it gets posted to the blog, because those run-and-gun episodes that just kind of upload on the Podbean, and then sort of, that's it, you know? But uh, if you missed the intermediate updates, uh, sorry. But uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I hope you'll be back with me for the next one. Dave and I will get together as soon as it's confirmed that I'm COVID-free, and we'll do a Fab 15, and I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm still feeling good. It's almost midnight as I'm recording this, and I'm still feeling good. I'm still feeling like I don't have COVID, and I'm expecting to get good results, and hoping to get good results, and I hope I'll be able to report the same to you the next time that we do this. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Sorry, cats. Thank you so much for uh, listening to the show and for hanging out with me. I love hanging out with you, and I love talking about this stuff. Uh, I, I know the start started out heavy. I hope we got a little bit light and fun in the middle there. And 
there's no way to do this show without also ending a little bit heavy. So I'm going to say the stuff that I always say. Some of you skip over this, but you missed the final joke in the outro. In the outro music, there's always a stinger at the end. Uh, so if you skip out when I start saying the uh, social justice stuff, shame on you for a number of reasons. But hey, we're in a time of an upsweep in COVID. Please continue to be careful and to do responsible things. Get vaccinated, get boosted. Uh, at this point, you probably need to social distance a little bit again. And, you know, just be just be as careful as you can, please. Mask up. Mask up. Mask up. Mask up. Please be mindful that COVID-19 is still out there and is very real and is still a, a serious threat to a, to a whole bunch of people. All of us, really, but more to some than others. Uh, please uh, also remember that black lives matter. Please remember that LGBTQIA+ rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And checkmates, please be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself, and while you're doing all that, check us out next time. Oh, shit, Hayes Carl said the thing about people rescuing animals being like firemen. That was the call-ahead joke from earlier. Sorry. Sorry.